This is Dominique Coleman, and this is the eighth episode of the podcast series, The Roast of Iowa City, from the Digital Storytelling Class of Fall 2017. Here with me today, I have Elena Alvarez, a fellow classmate who also works for the TAB Iowa, and Allie Plasek, a University of Iowa senior who also works at the Women's Resource and Action Center here on campus as a peer educator. Today, we'll be discussing sexism on a college campus and in Iowa City specifically. Iowa City prides itself on being such a liberal, progressive city. I mean, it was the first U.S. city with a population of over 10,000 to elect a female mayor when Emma J. Harvitt was elected in 1923. Ironically enough, it has shown that history does not always repeat itself because in 2017, there are gender-based discriminations still happening left and right. Whether it's within Greek life, jobs on campus, or even within majors, sexism is still happening on different levels throughout the area. And it's honestly ridiculous that we even still have to talk about it in 2017. I mean, come on, what the hell were Gloria Steinem and Dorothy Pittman Hughes fighting for in the 70s if we're still dealing with some of this bullshit today? Granted, it is on a much milder level, but still, it's been 50 years since second wave feminism, and now third wave feminism is still in full effect, yet has to justify its reasoning at every turn. I'm so sick of hearing, more women's rights means less rights for men. Now we need meninism. Like, no, I'm sorry, that is not what this is. Equal rights for all does not mean less rights for you. This is not cake. It doesn't work that way, dude. <laughs> Simply put, new wave feminism is pushing for gender equality within a patriarchal society. Some may say that we've achieved that with voting rights, reproduction rights, and rights in the workplace. However, in 2017, new wave feminism is aiming to embrace a more diverse group of women, including individuals of all ethnicities, sexualities, religions, and cultural backgrounds. I could go on forever about why we still need feminism in the 21st century, but to end this little spiel, we'll go into sexism in the workplace. So, contrary to many beliefs, the gender pay gap is not a myth and it is still an issue. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, the average woman earned 82 cents compared to every dollar a man made in 2016. This is honestly just still so appalling to me. I mean, I don't really think that this pay difference has affected me yet because I don't have a salary paying job, but what is your guys' opinions on this? Shitty either way. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that in a lot of businesses, there's obviously, like, they call it the glass ceiling, and it's where, like, women are able to get those higher, you know, higher-paying jobs. They can get promotions, but it's just, it's right there, but they're not getting the push they need from their businesses to, you know, succeed to get those. And in a lot of companies and workforces that are mostly women like nursing they are pushing men to do those jobs and those men in those fields are getting the push they need and they're getting more money so it's like when are women gonna get a chance you know it's awesome that the nursing field is able to do that but we need a little bit more help in all the other ones okay now in addition to the pay gap there are other forms of sexism in the workplace i mean i work at hancher as a production assistant for the dance and opera unit most of my bosses there are men there are currently five production assistants including myself where we work on set building and pretty much all of the bitch work that my bosses don't have time for or don't want to do which is totally fine it's a college job i mean it's flexible with my schedule and pays pretty well 
However, my female coworkers and I have recently been noticing how differently our bosses have began treating us over the past two semesters. In our workshop, we work with like a lot of tools that has table saws, grinders, all of those good Bob the Builder things. And going in my freshman year, I honestly couldn't tell you the difference between a washer and a bolt. But now as a junior, I'm familiar with everything, but our bosses, for some reason, feel the need to over-explain everything to myself as well as the other female workers in a pretty condescending way. This is just really annoying because we usually know what they're talking about the first time when they say it, and when we do ask a question, it's like we feel like we're stupid for even asking because then they just walk us through the steps like we're toddlers learning how to use the freaking potty. In the past, there have always been more male workers than female workers, but all of the male assistants graduated last year. Now we have two freshman male workers who our bosses seem to treat as if they're veterans to the job. It's been such an issue for some that some of my female co-workers have even began to look for other jobs. I mean, in the past they hardly even let women drive the department truck, which is another issue in itself. But um, what do you ladies think about this? Have you ever faced sexism in your own jobs now or in the past even? I can definitely say that I've experience sexism in the worst workplace firsthand. Specifically in my field of work, I'm a bartender at two of the bars downtown, uh, the Airliner and Van D's that just opened up on Van Buren. And I would say that there is as much male versus female competition going on as there is uh, female versus female competition in the workplace. I mean, I'm a, like I said, I'm a bartender, so it's only the stereotype that, you know, men love a nice, pretty young bartender, female bartender, uh, serving them drinks as much as, you know, girls like any attractive looking male bartender serving them drinks. What I have noticed is it kind of seems like if you're a man getting a job in a bar, you tend to rise up in the ranks a lot quicker than a female, whereas females have to, we start as servers, waitressing, waiting tables, and then only once we've proved our worth, we rank up to a bartender or a manager and so on. Um, but men are just, they, you know, even with no prior work experience, if there's a guy coming in that wants a job as a bartender, it kind of just gets handed to him without having to uh, prove his worth at all first. And another thing that I've really noticed, especially working in nightlife and bartending, is the female bar staff who are competing against one another for the really good shifts with the way that they look, you know, I, I know that if I do my makeup a certain way or my hair a certain way and dress a certain way for certain shifts, I'm going to be making a lot money than if I wasn't dressed as nicely or wearing makeup or with my hair done. And that goes, it's the same thing with workers who, the female workers who know that if they get uh, friendly and kind of close with the management or even the owners, they can kind of worm their way into getting the better shifts as opposed to the female staff that don't do that. While I haven't brought myself to kissing any, any of the <laughs> male management asses uh, just for some good shifts like that, I know there are plenty that do. And that's probably the worst case of sexism in the workplace that I've seen as a bartender. That just goes to show like how deep the sexism is that those women just have to compete against each other because that's just how the norms are. It's like we really want to get to this women helping women thing, but it's hard when the, the culture is so like pitted against you, us. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sure you guys have heard the quote 
empowered women empower women and I feel like that really applies to Elena like what you said with bartending and just that work setting and a lot of other job settings and it's pretty sad that you know even women are competing against each other in the workplace. This topic leads us into our next segment for the discussion of sexism in certain majors. Even though there are more women in the workplace than ever, it is no surprise that the medical and business fields are male-dominated. As of April 2017, in Iowa, 69% of physicians in the state were males, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. I mean, I have read horror stories from female medical students regarding absurd statements or situations that they've encountered while studying or shadowing for their future professions. I was actually reading something by Allison Herbst on the Washington Post, and she was writing about her experiences during her third year as a medical student in New York. And she wrote about a resident physician who once said to her, you're not wearing makeup today. Maybe you should rethink that choice. She continued to reveal the bro talk of an all-male surgical team at the same hospital, stating that they used phrases during surgery such as, splay it open like a Russian whore, and other degrading and really unprofessional banter. I mean... If I were her, I probably would have told him to fuck off and then go report it to HR, but I guess that's why I'm a journalism major. (laughs) I mean, um, what I found to be the most off-putting while reading her article, though, was just the way that she normalized these problems, saying that every woman who becomes a doctor has to go through similar training that is just widespread with sexism. So, Allie, I know that you're a human physiology major. What is your response to this woman's experience. Do you think that hers is an isolated or extreme situation? No, definitely not. I I think this happens all over the place, not even just the medical field, but particularly the medical field because there are so many men. I think it's hard for women to, you know, jump into this bro culture that's been put in place and where men are always the dominant gender and it kind of you're either the bitch or you're the bimbo when it comes to fields like this because you either really assert yourself and people think you're a bitch or you downplay your intelligence and people think you're a bimbo so it's hard to play against the double-edged sword like that but it happens a lot How do you think that sexism impacts women in science-based majors? Have you ever encountered this yourself or know other women that have? Yeah, I've totally felt this. And I kind of reflected on this situation. Nothing particularly bad happened, but I was kind of reflecting on how I was acting. I was in like a bio lab and my group was three guys and me. And I may or may not have known all the material as well as I wanted to, but I wasn't participating to the extent that I wanted to. And it kind of felt like, you know, the stereotypical, like, oh, all the guys are going to do the math and, uh, you know, girls are just going to, you know, hang out and help out with the project. So on one of the projects in particular, I wasn't so confident in the material, so I kind of back and I was like I'm not I'm doing a disservice to myself I'm doing a disservice to other women like I need to know my shit so that I can be a tough science woman Mm -hmm. so that kind of sucked for me and so like now I know like not to feel those pressures but to just know my shit and be confident about it finally why do you guys think that student organizations such as WISE um, or Women in Business still need to exist in 2017, and what should society be doing to change the sexism in these majors and job fields? 
like I said earlier, I was talking about the the glass ceiling. Those organizations, you know, they're the escalator up to the glass ceiling. Like they help push women to get their resources and give them the extra push that they need Mm -hmm. to succeed in those male dominant fields such as business and science. And so I think they're super important to have on, on campus just to remind women that they are important and they deserve to succeed just as well as all the men on this campus do. Well stated. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. While organizations like Women in Business and WISE um, are so important and so beneficial to women in those fields, it's almost sad that we kind of need them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I mean, we, you, you don't have organizations that are like men in business yeah, or right. men in science or men or in this like or men, men in that. Like men in teaching even. Yeah. Like even it's, though there's a lot of... It's kind of frustrating that uh, we have to have organizations mm-hmm, like that yeah. to make women feel like they have a support system behind their uh, the field that they're going into. So, like I said, while they're still really important and they're so great and they're so beneficial that we have them, it's it's really frustrating that we have to have them. Okay. Finally, for our last segment regarding sexism in Iowa City, from the Greek life perspective, I think it's something that is incredibly evident to those who honestly just look, but why? I mean, similar to other topics we've discussed today, I just don't understand why in the 21st century this is still an issue. For example, the University of Iowa has a Panhellenic Council and an Interfraternity Council, which collectively are the governing bodies for each of the sororities and fraternities on campus. Now, I could only access the Panhellenic Council bylaws as the interfraternity ones seem to all have an error and wouldn't download. Um, That's a little fishy. (laughs) I mean, honestly, this really just explains why everything that they do is just a Hawkeye vodka-sponsored free-for-all. However, the PHC bylaws are supposed to resemble the IFCs pretty closely, so we can use theirs to guide us through this. Party buses, bar crawls, open parties at chapter houses are all prohibited, yet we are all very aware that the frats perform these activities every weekend. So why does everyone just look the other way while sororities are supposed to act like little princesses who never do wrong? Um, All of the sorority women go to these parties, but God, or should I say Zeus, forbid, if a sorority ever had a house party, apparently Panhellenic thinks that all of hell would freeze over. But, I mean, in all honesty, if the sororities did have parties, they would be much better. They would be much cleaner with better tasting drinks and toilet paper. I mean, I don't know. Toilet paper. I don't know how many frat parties I've been to where there's no toilet paper. I mean, either they're just hiding it somewhere or they're complete savages. But really, both are probably true. Anyways, what is your guys' opinions on this? Do you think that sororities should be able to have parties as well? Or do you think that frats should be held to a higher standard? I don't know. Equal rights is equal rights. If they can do it, I want to be able to do it. And... If I'm being held to a certain way, then they should be held to a certain way. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how much more black and white you can get. Yeah. But it's not. I agree. As somebody who used to be in Greek life and am not <laughs> anymore, I I think it's really ridiculous that it's such a normality that frats can do really whatever they want, especially when it comes to the partying. And for sororities, it's not even an option. Nobody would ever even talk about a sorority having a party because it's just completely unheard of. It's mm-hmm. so far deep in the bylaws and the standards and everything that a sorority is that a sorority would never ever have a party that I think it's really ridiculous that frats are totally allowed to and I couldn't agree more that if I'm being held to a standard then so should they and if they can have parties I feel like so should we well in addition to the no parties bylaw there is also 
the dry week and dry recruitment bylaws that prohibits any chapter from drinking during rush or drinking with potential new members. Again, everyone just looks the other way for frats. Why do you guys think this is and what should we do to change it? Yeah, again, it's another case of we're not supposed to be doing it technically, but we do it anyway and everyone kind of laughs about it. This one really pisses me off. That one really pisses me off. I agree because, you know, sororities, a rush for sororities is so uptight and in the meanwhile, frats will have their recruitment events at bars with their letters yeah. wearing their they just letters. get to chill yeah. they, they hang up their their flags uh with their letters all over the bars you know they wear their shirts with their letters in the bars and they will just openly you know drink a beer while talking to a potential new member about how great their frat is and i think that's ridiculous it really, it is. really is and not to mention it pisses me off all the more that during rush for sororities it's so uptight that they like refuse to feed us Oh my god! While I know. we're um, you know visiting a it's house, like, like you can have lunch, drinks. you yeah. can have lunch, or but not even not dinner, it's not right? even hors, d'oe- yeah. hors d'oeuvres or anything like that. It's it's solely drinks. But uh, frat guys will go to a bar and everybody, oh yeah, order some wings, yeah, order some pizza, some pizza, have cigars, a beer, you know, let's hang out. <laughs> and that's that's ridiculous. That's one yeah. of the things that I hated the most about recruitment. Besides drinking in ha- their houses, I think that's the most you know, stark difference between the mm-hmm. uh, fraternity and sorority life it's just that the processes that we have to go through are mm-hmm. just so different it's like we're this very similar yeah. organizations like yeah. i would i would think that a lot of the processes would be the same but that is just so different frustrating <laughs> i think every girl going through recruitment would much rather meeting up at some casual place not even a bar or just a restaurant or something and enjoy right. some food while casually talking to someone instead yeah. of feeling so pressured and feeling so uptight that they have to be perfect and walking perfectly standing perfectly upright and yeah. smiling perfectly just everything perfect down to the nail really honestly, nails it really affects how comfortable you are when you're yeah. going through these things like I any girl can attest to going through recruitment and being so nervous mm-hmm. even oh, yeah. scared to yeah. go into a house because of what's expected of you yeah how are you supposed how are people supposed to really get to know you when you can't relax exactly. at all that I definitely mean, goes back to the gender <laughs> expectations yeah. like ladies are supposed to be prim and proper mm-hmm. and what guys aren't supposed to be <laughs> proper nothing yeah, expected no. of men it's no fine. yeah I mean that's exactly what I was gonna say too like with what you said Elena I, I mean what frustrates me the most is honestly that like all of these women or, or at least most of them that I've spoken to that are part of Greek life hate the recruitment process <laughs> yeah. they hate everything you know like I mean obviously they like getting new members and everything like that but like they just hate the process they want to be able to wear so sweatpants much, yeah get so some much pizza. work to get there yeah yeah sweatpants you know. and pizza that's when girls yeah. can really <laughs> relax and get to know each yeah. other that'd be the perfect <laughs> those are some of event. the best times that I've had with my sorority sisters but, agreed yeah now before we leave we get to rant about whatever crazy shit in Iowa City is really grinding our gears, as Peter Griffin would say. And of course, I couldn't think of anything that I hated in Iowa City more than catcalling. This happens everywhere, I understand, but honestly, it's never been, I've never been anywhere that's been so damn obnoxious at any given time or any day of the week, and I've been on Bourbon Street in New Orleans on a Friday night. I mean, I don't know if either of you have had a particular issue with this here, but it is so annoying, am I right? Definitely, definitely super annoying. Yeah, I've had an experience with catcalling, and uh, just the idea of catcalling, first of all, I don't understand how anybody continues to do it when time and time and again it is just proven to not be effective. Like, yes, you are screaming ob- <laughs> obscene things at me from across the street. 
let me approach you and I will give you my number. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that has never happened yeah. before. And my own experience is just how outgoing men are, how comfortable men are with just catcalling, especially in the presence of, like, girl's boyfriend, because that's exactly what happened to me. It was a game day, walking down Clinton in front of Summit. Real I was, nice. you know, holding hands with my boyfriend, of all things, walking along, and, you know, some guy waiting in line to get into the bar. Granted, he would he was drunk, but that was no excuse, of course. Just decided he was going to yell some obscene things next to me, and I'm really glad that my boyfriend kind of beat his ass a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had it coming and you got what you deserved. So I just, I don't get how men continue to catcall because it just is proven to not work. It's silly. Right. And it's funny. I was doing an event for the Women's Resource Center about catcalling. <laughs> and we had a table set up in Burge Lobby right in front of the dining hall. We had like posters and all kinds of different sayings like about how catcalling isn't good. One of them was like a name tag that says, you know, like the name tags that say, hello, my name is, and then you write your name. And then it says, not your babe. And some dude came up to us and was like, hey, not your babe. Like you literally Aww. just cat called us at an anti cat calling table. Do you realize how stupid you are? Men are so dumb. Yeah. And just... <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. How you just can't, you have no words for it because it, it was just so stupid. Yeah. And the worst part about it is you probably thought he was being funny. Like, yeah. yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not funny. I don't know what about that could ever be seen as funny. Yeah. No, right? But, you know, we're just okay. women, I guess. <laughs> just women. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I really don't need a bunch of 40 year olds rocking day glow orange and hard hats to tell me how fine I'm looking at 1 p.m. on a Monday afternoon. As I'm sweating my ass off, walking to class, trying to finish my reading on my phone. Like, go home, tell that to your wife, your dog, your mom. I really don't fucking care who, but I really don't need to hear it. I mean, like we said, I don't think anyone's actually ever gotten a positive response from it. I mean, my response is usually an eye roll and a disgusted sigh. Yeah. Honestly, though, I'm convinced that the construction workers and Freddy Packs here have created some sort of alliance to ensure that none of us women here on campus go without a cat call or ton on the weekends. So to that little gang of 20-year-old wannabe CEOs that like to hang out <laughs> right in between Summit and Liner on Friday nights at bar close, no, no one wants to go back to your little dingy, musty apartments and take a rip from your dope-ass bong you just got. Us independent, badass women have our own dope-ass bongs to hit. Thank you very much. Go cuddle with your frat brothers. Rant over. Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our discussion on sexism in Iowa City and on a college campus. Again, I'm Dominique Coleman, and I had Elena Alvarez from the TAB Iowa and Allie Plasic, who also works at the Women's Resource and Action Center in Iowa City, here with me today. Stay tuned over the next week to hear what is really grinding the gears of my other classmates here at the UI as they continue the roast of Iowa City. Peace out, Girl Scouts.